Hey guys, Apple Tech Incorporated here with the third episode of the Apple Tech Podcast. And the music that you guys just heard was from Kevin McLeod um, at Incompetech.com, where you can download royalty-free music. So the headlines that I will be talking about today are just um, some minor things about, um, just some minor updates to different things by Apple and that kind of stuff. Not really some specific topic, but... um, I haven't really found that much new news, but I have found just a few headlines off of Apple Insider. So the first one that I want to talk about is that Apple has has said that they are working on a fix for random for a random iOS 7 crashing issue. It says here on this Apple Insider article here, Apple on Wednesday confirmed it's working on a fix for an issue that causes devices running iOS 7 to randomly crash and reboot, a problem seen by many users since the mobile operating system debuted in September. I myself have seen that problem before, especially on like a jailbroken device, but um, I bet the jailbreak a part of it, but even when my device wasn't jailbroken, it does seem like it does crash from time to time. It says here that when Apple launched iOS 7 last September, it bet big on a completely redesigned and reimagined flagship product. Many of the changes and add-ons, or and additions, sorry, were greeted with praise, but bugs in iMessage, iCloud, and other features plagued the mobile OS since release. And one of the most pervasive, sorry, and concerning issues involves reports of continual crashing during mobile use, which sees devices randomly conduct software starts for no apparent reason. After keeping mum on the subject, Apple has finally revealed it is indeed working on a fix that will be included in an upcoming software update report Smashable. So possibly this could be in a minor update such as something like iOS 7.0.5, which probably won't be released. It may just be something that will be in a future iOS 7.1 beta, or it could possibly be in another iOS 7 update, but I think that if it's something as minor as a crash fix, it's probably going to be something that will still be part of iOS 7.0 and probably will just be refined in iOS 7.1, although I'm not really sure what kind of update it is, but we do know that it will be in some kind of upcoming software update. Next headline is talking about the iTunes 11.1.4 update, which was a minor update that brings enhanced wishlist viewing and language additions to the company's uh, ubiquitous media management purchasing and playback software, according to this Apple Insider article. It says here that according to the release notes, the latest version of iTunes allows users to view their store wishlist while browsing their library. In addition, language support for Arabic and Hebrew come built in. Aside from the above, regular stability improvements and bug fixes are included in the point update. Apple's last iTunes update came in November of last year, and the company pushed out a bug pushed out a bug fixes for the integrated software equalizer in viewing large media libraries. And this can of course be downloaded from the App Store or sometimes it is downloaded automatically if you have a MacBook or if you just have a preference for it to be updated automatically. Next headline is talking about a rumor about Apple 
planning a new European data center in the Netherlands. In this Apple Insider article, it says here that European Apple customers may soon be slurping down data from a new state-of-the-art data center as the company is rumored to be eyeing a site near other tech titans as the Dutch seaport or in the Dutch seaport of Imshaven. I don't know how to speak the language, so I can't really pronounce this. But it says here that Apple's infrastructure team is believed to have been focused on the region as a possible expansion location for some time, according to a report from iPhoneClub.nl. The project, codenamed Saturn, could bring as many as 200 new jobs to the area. So this is interesting. This is probably going to be something for iCloud, most likely. And um, that is good that um, they will be able to uh, get a data center in Europe. That will probably enable a better data connection for European citizens that are in the Europe. They're just people that live in the Netherlands or just in Europe. It seems like the data centers are starting to get a lot more localized. And... Um, it's good, too, that it'll bring a lot more jobs, too, which is pretty good. And uh, there isn't too much about it on here, but it does seem like something interesting. Although it isn't, like, the biggest thing in the world. It's not as big as Apple's new spaceship campus, but it's still something that I think is pretty interesting. Next headline is talking about how the glass panel at the Fifth Avenue Apple Store was actually shattered by a snowblower. It says here that after... a Snow, after a heavy snowstorm hit New York on Tuesday, cleanup crews using snowblowers reportedly shattered one of the 15 monolithic glass panels that make up the Fifth Avenue Apple Store's iconic 32-foot glass cube. Uh, the, an Apple Store employee confirmed to Apple Insider that a single pane positioned in the southeast corner of the cube was badly cracked. That said, the store has remained open since the incident and will continue to operate as normal. Apple's Fifth Avenue location is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Word of the breakage first hit the web late Tuesday as users of social networks posted pictures of shattered glass slab to services like Instagram and Facebook. In a separate report, an Apple representative told BuzzFeed that a snowblower caused the damage, though exact details of the incident were not revealed. So this is interesting. Um, at least the glass cube, it doesn't seem like the glass cube is kind of like a major part of the store according to this photo that I'm looking at. Um, it kind of looks like the glass cube is just an entrance to the store and that the store is actually underground. So that's good. At least it wasn't like actually part of the store or else they probably would have to actually shut it down and make it so that people can enter until they would fix it. And that would probably make lots of people unhappy because they'd be like, where are my Apple products? I want to buy Apple products and all that kind of stuff. And let's see if I can find any new headlines. So far, I haven't really found any headlines. Oh, yeah, here there actually is uh, something here that is talking about an update on yet another lawsuit between Apple and Samsung in terms of copyright infringement. It says here that, a judge has found Samsung to infringe an Apple patent invalidating Samsung patent in the second California trial. So here, the U.S. District Court Judge Lucy Coe on Tuesday entered an order granting in part Apple's summary judgment for the upcoming Apple vs. Samsung trial, finding Samsung to infringe on one patent while invalidating another belonging to the Korean company. In her summary judgment, 
Judge Cole wrote, ruled Samsung devices in question to infringe an Apple's patent number 8,000, no, number 8,074,172 for autocorrect functionality in iOS, while Samsung patent covering multimedia synchronization was not found invalid, or was found invalid. As first noted by FOSS Patents Florian Mueller, the orders relate to two Apple motions for summary judgment in an upcoming case slated to begin in March. So I'm just going to see what the heck this patent is. So here, it um, says here that, um, oh my god, this is a big patent. Um, let's see if I can find this. Uh, oh yeah. So here is just a brief description. It says, one aspect of the invention involves a method that includes, in the first area of the touchscreen, displaying a current character string being input by a user with the keyboard, in a second area of the touchscreen, displaying the current character string and a portion thereof and a suggested replacement for the current character string. Replacing the current character string is the first area with the suggested replacement if the user activates a delimiter key on the keyboard. Replacing the current character string in the first area with the suggested replacement if the user performs a first gesture on the suggested replacement displayed in the second area, and keeping the current character string in the first area, and if the user performs a second gesture on the current character string or the portion thereof displayed in the second area. That is a pretty complex patent, but it basically summarizes this autocorrect functionality is something that we are patenting and we are not letting anybody else use and the autocorrect functionality shall be unique. And um, this is probably part of the multi-touch technology patent by Apple that was actually proven invalid a few uh, months ago in a case they were able to find that Apple's multi-touch patent in fact was not valid and that somebody could copy Apple's multi-touch technology. Although Apple, of course, was able to settle something and they were able to make it so that the patent was once again restored. So this is interesting that um, there is yet another Apple versus Samsung lawsuit. It's really crazy how many lawsuits these guys have had against each other. They've really been suing each other a lot. And um, I hope that they will finally be able to like stop suing each other and stop being like, you copied what I did and all that kind of stuff. Although then again, Samsung is Apple's biggest rival in terms of the mobile device market. And um, yeah, it definitely seems like there's going to be a lot of conflict between them. And this actually isn't like a, um, this isn't like actually a thing on um, Apple necessarily. This is just talking about an accessory that enables a, that is a motorized accessory that allows you to uh, take panoramic photos. So there's this thing called Motors G Galileo Motorized iPhone Dock, which is for panoramic iPhone, or panoramic photo taking. So see that Moto, or Motor has aimed their Galileo Dock squarely at iPhone photography buffs looking to shoot consistent, high quality panoramic and spherical photos. Hardware. It says that Motors Galileo is available with two connectivity options. A Bluetooth model supports Apple's iPhone 4S and above, while a 30-pin connector, while a 30-pin dock connector equipped variant works with all other iPhones save the first generation. Both versions can be had in either black or white. They were supplied 
with a white Bluetooth model that retails for $149.95. So definitely something that isn't cheap, it's pretty expensive. And it says that the dock is hefty, but not heavy, in the same way as Apple's iPhone 4 series. We carried the Galileo with us everywhere we went for a week, aside from day-to-day -day errands it made trips, and a backpack while hiking Hong Kong's Victoria Peak in a, and in a messenger bag while roaming Macu's hilly streets, and we barely noticed the added weight. This is by Shane Cole from Apple Insider. So that, again, that isn't really anything associated with Apple, it's mainly just something about an accessory for Apple products. And I'm just going to look at some more reviews here for uh, different Apple accessories. Like, um, here is a review for the late 2013 Mac Pro. Not MacBook, don't get those things messed up. I did actually get those two confused in a previous video that I was doing on the uh, Mac Pro when I was talking about the tech specs. I called it the MacBook Pro. But um, anyway, so I'm just going to read uh, parts of this article here. It says here on Apple Insider that uh, after years of waiting, Pro users finally get a completely revamped Mac design specifically to suit their needs, complete with, bed, with best book chassis, high-powered internals, and a price tag to match. Beautiful, exquisite, sexy, revolutionary. All these superlatives and more have been used to describe the new Mac Pro. With its cylindrical body, unique interior configuration, and abundant power on top, or on tap, the machine may well be the next generation of computer. What Apple has done, or is attempting to do, with the Mac Pro is break decades of thinking inside the box, literally. In building the new Mac Pro, Apple not only created a, a machine for professionals and enthusiasts, but crystallized its vision of the future of computing, a vastly expansible platform built on a more powerful core unit with high-speed I.O. tendrils extending to a daisy-chain-able external devices. Gone are easily swappable internal HDDs, the, the cavernous space for aftermarket components shrunken and replaced with the unique thermal core. About the only user-friendly add-on is RAM, but even that is limited to four DIMM slots. All this change comes at a price, however, in both the unit cost and usability. Starting at $3,000 for a base machine, Apple is certainly not targeting the everyday customer. Yep, that is actually a lot more than a MacBook Pro. And I th believe the MacBook Pro is a 13-inch... 13 inches, like about $2,500. Um, the cheapest model um, would be the uh, 13 inch, 2.4 gigahertz, 4 gigabyte, 128, or 4 gigabytes of RAM, 128 gigabyte hard drive, which is $1,200. So that's basically the same price as the 13 inch MacBook Air. And um, the most expensive is $3,100. So you can definitely see that uh, this is definitely not something that you would just be able to buy, like an everyday person would be able to buy. You would definitely need some extra money for this. Although one cool thing that is, or one thing that is cool, is that the Mac Pro, you can actually install your own hard drives, or uh, hard drive cards, I believe. I think so. Um, if you go to About This Mac on a Mac Pro, on the new Mac Pro, it says your Mac contains four memory slots. So there's four memory slots, 
each of which accepts a 1867 MHz DDR3 ECC memory module. Okay, so you can actually install your own hard or your own uh, memory slots or just hard drives for uh, flash storage. Although you can't do that on a MacBook, but you can do that on the new Mac Pro. And um, you have four different slots for memory, whereas on the MacBook Air, there are only two slots, and there are no user installable memory slots for the MacBook Air. I'm not sure if that's the case for the MacBook Pro because I don't actually have one, but um, you can install your own memory disks on the new Mac Pro. Well, anyways, guys, that's really it for the news that I have for today. Um, not too much going on with Apple so far. Uh, everything is probably being kept secret for now. But um, the iPhone 6, if it's ever unveiled, will definitely be one of the biggest things out there. And yeah, there isn't too much speculation or just new info about new Apple products that are rumored. Just um, Apple just planning to push out software updates mainly. That's the news so far. But anyways, guys, I hope that you guys enjoy this episode of my podcast and... Um, be sure to subscribe to my RSS feed, and uh, this is linked to my blogger blog if you want to go there. I have a blog on Google's blogger service. That's where I put all of my podcast episodes, although if you're going to actually listen to that, then you'll have to go to my feed burner feed. But anyways, guys, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I know I'm saying that twice, but... Okay, I'm going to say it a third time. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of my podcast, and I hope that you can listen to my previous episodes if you haven't already, and be sure to listen to my other episodes when I upload more in the future. And I'm kind of still deciding if I should have this be a daily podcast or something that's like more of a weekly podcast. I may just upload the podcast episodes anytime I want, but... For now, it's just a daily podcast. But anyways, guys, thanks for listening to my podcast, and I will see you guys in the next episode.